0: are tuned in to the way of healing podcast where we inspire humans to connect more deeply to their experience of life my name is oj my
1: name is casey we are connecting with practitioners to talk about the potential of the innate healing powers within hey hey welcome back to another episode on the way of healing really cool guest today helen von der with us today and casey and i traveled all the way out to pasadena to her Lovely space to come chat with her about Akashic Records readings.
0: Yeah, we did. Yeah. We're psyched. We're both psyched and we're sipping tea out of yeah. lovely mugs. Bee mugs. B, yes. There's a B theme here. Helen, welcome.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Welcome to my home. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's so comfy. Aww. It's lovely and comfy and Yeah. It just it feels like a warm hug <laughs> stepping in here.
1: And just yeah. for the audience, uh you work out of your home? I work wings, out, out of my
0: home.
2: home. I do work one day a week at Liberate Hollywood, which is a little metaphysical bookstore, healing center, creative studio space. So I'm there Wednesdays, 1 to 9. For, Where in Hollywood? Um, Selma, in between Ivar and Coenga.
1: And it's room? called Liberate?
2: Liberate Hollywood. Cool.
1: Is that northwest?
2: That would be <clears throat> south.
1: South Hollywood. From here? No, no. Like what part of Hollywood? Because there's North Hollywood and West Hollywood. No, it's just oh, Hollywood. Oh, it's in the heart. It's just in the ho- heart. Okay, Hollywood, Hollywood. It's yeah. Hollywood, brother. Okay.
2: It's like near Hollywood and Highland, mm, which okay. I think is like the biggest tourist part of Hollywood.
0: Yeah. Do you get a lot of like tourist drop-ins there or what no. is the space like? We usually get
2: this, The space is, I love this space. It used to be a recording studio. To huge artists like Michael Jackson, Jimi Hendrix, Prince, um, the list goes on. They converted it into a healing center, a creative and spiritual healing center. So they still have a couple rooms that are recording studios that they do a lot of, create a lot of content and media. There's several healing practitioner rooms. There's three meditation rooms. One of them primarily used as like a sound bath space. Cool. But- can be used, you know, of course, as a meditation room. On the first floor, there is a shop. So books, candles, you know, all the typical New Age, yes, Mm -hmm. goodies. Um, But just the vibe when you walk in is I just feel the creative energy when I'm in there. And then, of course, I just love spirit. So um, it's a cute little space.
1: Why have we not heard of this place yet?
0: Well, because we
1: it wasn't today yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Helen, tell us what the heck is Akashic Records?
2: Yes, gosh. Well, I want to start off by sharing what the word Akashic comes from, which is the Sanskrit word Akasha, means primary substance, that out of which all things are formed. So Akasha is simply an energy field. And I Visualize it as this light field that is spherical wrapped around earth. So, anytime there's a feeling, a thought, or action, it will register an impression in this field. The Akashic records are a vibrational record of a soul and its journey. So, it's all of these imprints since the inception of a soul. So, all of that soul's Thoughts, feelings, actions are registered, and then that's what makes the akashic records. So it's this vibrational source:
1: And correct me if I'm wrong. the records, because time isn't actually a thing, that it was created, the records is like this big... how do you say it? This thing of information where you're just tapping into it, right, and picking things out of?:
2: Yes. Yeah. So time in the records is spherical. And for humans, it's linear. So there is a challenge, I think, when it comes to working in the records and asking questions about time, like how long will it take? When will this happen? Mm. They have no concept of time. And to be honest, they don't really care. They don't care how long it takes for a soul to evolve and learn the lessons that the soul is meant to learn and evolve and grow from. So. This is going to also be really important. So there's two parts to every record. The first is the soul blueprint, which is the lessons and themes that a soul is here to learn and experience. Those could be themes of self-worth, self-trust, self-acceptance. Those are fixed and permanent. They do evolve and grow as a soul evolves and grows, but you tend to attract next level lessons and opportunities of growth pertaining to those themes. The second part is the Chronicles of You. That is the story of your soul over time as it has come into awareness of itself. I like to think of the Chronicles of You as your free will and choice. Mm -hmm. So on the topic of time, I'm going to use myself as an example. I was attracting a lot of emotionally unavailable romantic relationships and came into awareness that that was a pattern or a theme. Like, wow, why do I keep attracting the same theme in a relationship, but the person changes? <laughs> so luckily at the time I was working in my records. So I was, th- so this, this theme was ongoing for several years. I'm talking like eight, nine, 10 Maybe 11 years, 12 years. <laughs> so, as I mentioned at the time, I was working in my records when I finally came into awareness of it like, whoa, this is the same thing that just keeps happening over and over and over. So, I went to my records with that information and I said, Why do I keep attracting emotionally unavailable partners? And they said, Well, you're emotionally un- unavailable. And so, I really had to go deeper with that. There's a lot of deep, deep, deep experiences from my childhood and beliefs protection and things that I had to uncover and unroot, But with the support of my master's teachers and loved ones, they really guided me through a healthy way to heal and release that so that I physically could be in a position for a healthy relationship. Um, So that's why I say time doesn't matter because they don't care if it takes 10 years. If you are not aware of what you're learning, you're going to keep repeating the same patterns until you get it.
1: Out of curiosity, were any of the things that you had to work through from past lives?
2: Um, yes and no. The source of my um imbalance was from this lifetime. It was from some childhood trauma. And one of the beautiful things about working in the records is you become aware of that trauma. They you don't relive it. They don't want to re-traumatize you. But you will become aware of the root cause. And it's always important to go to the soul level truth. Like, what? why did this happen for me? And so that soul level truth was to really empower me and my femininity and my um voice and among so many other things. So I felt really great with that answer, but then maybe about a year went by and I was like, "You know what? I'm 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 not okay with this soul level truth. You know, what's the deeper truth behind it?" And then that particular situation involved another individual and you know, I'm just going to be really transparent. So it was sexual abuse as a child. And so what they showed me was the person that did that to me was molested. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that for, you know, maybe another year. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm not okay with this. You know, so it, it kind of, it was layers that had to be unpacked um, in the time that I was ready to receive that truth. And then I went back into my records, you know, maybe another year later. What is the soul level truth of why I experienced this? And then they showed me in a past life that I did it to him. And ah. then after I saw that, I thought, I'm good now. Whoa. I don't think I need to go any deeper.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's got it. It's, uh, it's something where it's always traceable and replaceable. And, and like you were saying, why were you attracting emotionally unavailable partners? Because you yourself were emotionally unavailable. Why had you been molested? Right? Because that person had been molested. And it's the lineage is passed down. And the key, yeah, is to heal in our now souls and our now bodies so that we don't
1: pass that on. Yeah. Breaking of the cycle of sorts, right? Mm -hmm. Going back to your story, I think I read you were in film and production beforehand. Yeah. What was the journey like transitioning from that into what you do now?
0: Yeah.
2: Which is so amazing because, again, everything happening all at once. Um I as a child I was so fulfilled making people feel good and like telling stories and I just loved to make people laugh and um feel their emotions and would put on these plays as a child as a producer like put them on and bring the audience bring the bring the crew the cast everything um and as I got older I never clicked it, but I just kind of felt this. Actually, there was a turning point. I was in school. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I w- I think I was doing media arts and was feeling like, eh, I don't know if I want to do this. But what I really enjoy is photography and video and, and making videos. But at that time, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. I've actually never talked about this in any um, part of me sharing my journey.
1: Thank you for sharing.
2: Yeah. So I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer at 20 and I found it right away. One day I was washing my hands in the sink. I looked up, you know, lump on my throat. What's that? You know, went to the doctor and, um, and it was thyroid cancer. So they removed the right lobe. And then what happened was the cancer cells spread to the left lobe. So a week later they had to remove the left lobe. So they completely removed my thyroid gland. And it was at that time where I just realized life is short. I think we always know that, but we need something that's going to be the catalyst for our journey. So in that moment was like, wow, life is really short. What am I here to do? What do I want to do? And I was like, you know, I want to go to film school. And I was considering all the possibilities, you know, directing, acting. Acting was very intimidating. And I, and I don't feel called to act um, in that way as a to perform cinematography, editing. I considered it all. And I was like, no, I am a producer. I can bring everything together. I can organize it, orchestrate it, and I can put on a show. So I went to film school and moved out to Los Angeles as soon as I graduated, worked in the industry from the mailroom up, started my own company because I wanted to tell stories that would raise social awareness and, again, just sort of um, invoke the emotion of the people receiving that story. I wanted to tell real-life stories that would raise um basically the consciousness of the viewers. So I started my own company, Just Be Films. And there was a project that I was developing that I was so passionate about uh, for several years, like eight years putting it on. It was based on a true story in a book and you know, script development. And if anyone's in development, you guys might know how, how it is. It is excruciating. So the project fell apart. And at that moment, I had a very, uh, again, kind of like just catalyst outcry. Like, why am I here? What am I supposed to do? I thought I was here to do this. I gave it my all and it's not working. And I just want to do the work that I'm supposed to be here to do. And the the records were sort of in the background uh, as an experience that I had a, f- uh, a couple of years prior, which I would use to get guidance and and direct me in the work but it wasn't something that i really relied on i would only i was only getting one reading a year and that reading was enough for me because it would unfold and you know i would just do the things take action and do the things i needed to do to make things come together so the third reading that i had with her was when the project fell apart and i just remember i was just everything looked bleak i was surrounded by darkness I couldn't see, I didn't have hope. I just wanted to be here of service and I wanted to help people, but I didn't know how to do that and also <laughs> you know, be a human being that makes money and can take care of herself. So I just told her in that Ak- uh, Kashic reading healing healing experience, you know, these are so healing for me. I want to do this for other people. And then she connected me to her teacher and I took a class and I learned how to do it. And the first time I opened up my records, I didn't get anything. But then I went home and the homework was to open up your records. And when I did that, I felt this opening in my crown. And then I could just feel the energy like pouring through my crown and out my heart. And I heard all these voices and they were talking so fast. And then I went back the next day and I said to her, you know, your prayer works, but there's too many and they talk too fast. And she said, Mm -hmm. you have to ask them to slow down. You have Mm -hmm. to ask them to speak as one. So I started to learn how to work with this gift that I have. And then I've been working in the records for five years, and the records and producing were something that my master's teachers and loved ones always showed me as one. They'd say, you see these as separate, but they're one. And I'm like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's not one, it's it's two. <laughs> they don't come together. But it is because, um, I mean, just like, it's so funny, like, every, everything makes sense now. I'm 38, so I've, I've given myself this like time to see everything like unfold. But uh, earlier this year, I was on a TV show and I was doing readings for the cast members. And then after that reading, the producer was like, I want to develop a show around what you do.
1: Hey. I know.
2: <laughs> and then not only that, um, I'm being interviewed for another TV show to come on and like share the work that I do. So that one isn't really necessarily centered on me, but it's more I'm kind of coming in as an expert. And uh yeah, so producing totally is like 100,000% coming back in.
1: Cool.
0: We may have something too, <laughs> your alley along those lines.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll talk about it. <laughs>
0: Is there uh, something for our audience that you can share, like an experience that you've had for people who aren't familiar with Akashic Records or haven't opened up their own, haven't gotten a reading? What does working with you look like?
2: Yeah. Well, there's a couple ways that I work with people. I, of course, work with people one-on-one where I open up their records, but I'm also a teacher. And that's something that I'm most passionate about because I really want to teach people that they have this ability to do it. You know, they don't need Mm -hmm. me. Nobody needs me. So if somebody is working with me, but saying that there absolutely is a process that one undergoes to work with this energy. And it usually starts with some form of meditation. You have to have some sort of a spiritual practice as a foundation. If you don't, you will struggle with self doubt. You won't be able to discern if what the messages you're receiving are coming from your ego or from actually from the Master's, Teachers, and Loved ones and Akashic Records. Uh, There's kind of this attunement process that happens in your own respective spiritual journeys. So it doesn't matter. There's no discriminating. They don't, Master's, Teachers, and Loved ones, they're not attached to what whatever that looks like. You could be religious, you you could be agnostic. Everybody will be met wherever they're at in their life. So if someone has a some sort of a meditation practice, then or you know, spiritual practice, then they'll be able to come to the records and they can take it to the next level. And then that's being able to learn how to work in your own records. If someone is coming to me as a client, and and I still see, you know, I have students, they're still my clients, they work in their records, they can read their records really well. And then I have people who've never had this experience before that come to me and want to experience a reading. So the first thing is, so we kind of come together and it feels like a conversation between friends. And I get that person's current legal name. And then I'll use a pathway prayer process founded by my teacher, Dr. Linda Howe, to uh, access and open their records, so that I can communicate with their masters, teachers, and loved ones.
1: And is that prayer specific to the the lineage? Like different the prayer teachers? is,
2: um, it's actually you know, it's I wouldn't say that it is this prayer. So Linda, what Linda explains about this prayer that was given to her is that for the time that she received it and where she lived in the world, you know, in the Midwest is that this would be an appropriate means to connect. And the prayer and prayer really is just deliberate intention about where you're going, who you're communicating with and what you want to get. So this prayer was given to Linda and it works so well. And so she wanted to start sharing it and teaching it and so she is basically, I would say in terms of lineage, like she is the the master teacher of this lineage respectively. But there's so many spiritual Akashic records teachers that have other ways to get in the records. There's not just one way. In fact, Akasha as this energy field, it's alive, present, and available to us at all times. What we're doing about working in the records is we're just being deliberate, conscious, and responsible. We're saying, I'm going to go into my records for guidance, direction, and courage to know the truth, I want to access the light of the Akasha and I want to talk to my masters, teachers, and loved ones, and I want to put my ego on mute and I want to be able to receive that guidance and then we clo- and then we close it down. you know the prayer the prayer is basically saying just that, so the prayer is one pathway, knowing that of course many exist. If I try to access my records outside of using that pathway, I am overwhelmed by all the stimulating spiritual energy that's available mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like i can't discern what's coming from them and like maybe what's coming from spirit guides or angels or anything else that's like around so i use this pathway because i know how potent it is to connect with the resource the way that i do and i don't want anything to dilute it so uh so someone will come to me for a reading I'll open up their records and it's not a psychic reading. I have to be very clear. It's not a mediumship. It is a spiritual reading concerning itself with the soul. It's very, very sacred. And so because I'm not a psychic, I don't know why someone is coming to me. So I need them to prepare questions, areas Mm -hmm. that they want insight on. And the records are so vast. It's infinite. So I can't even go into the records. It's very challenging for me to go into the records and to say, you know, someone says, what do they want me to know? It's so hard. I do that. I tease my master's teachers and loved ones. What do you guys want me to know? And they'll say, call your mom. Okay, what else do you want me to know? Call your father. And I'm like, that's not what I want to know. So you really do have to be specific. If you're not specific, what you're telling them is, I don't want to know. And we go to the records because we want to know. We want to become aware of our our soul level truth. So I need people to be specific with their questions so that I can help them. I can provide the answers and insight and clarity that they need, as well as the guidance and direction to support them to continue moving forward. So the reading is like, it's so beautiful. It's healing, emotional, visceral. It's profound. And then when I'm working with students, I, I'm i basically teaching them how to do what I do. So I teach the first four practitioner certifications. The beginning teaches you how to read the records for yourself, others, anything else, having a life force, and then doing group readings. The advanced certification is energy healing through the records, clearing unwanted ancestral patterns, reconciling past lives. The healing certification is to date my favorite now next to the manifesting certification the healing certification oh god you know it's so hard to put words to how deeply profound that certification is it's so experiential when after my students take it they're like oh wow you were right it's it's so hard to explain you have to experience it but you're basically You're basically clearing out your soul closet from lifetimes, including this one. And then you activate your ascension matrix. And then so then we so that's the third. And then I have the fourth certification, which is discover your soul's path through the Akashic records, taking your life from ordinary to extraordinary. So what we do in that certification is we 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 kind of we're still healing a little bit, We're basically resolving issues that we have in this lifetime or past lives as it pertains to incarnation, discipline, responsibility, authority, and I'm blanking on the fifth in this moment. So we basically clear out our issues in all those areas of life because those dim our sense of grace. Our grace is, I feel like, is our soul interfacing with the world. So it dims our grace. And so what we do is we clear that so that the grace can come through. And then we learn about the inner triangle of heart, mind, and will. So if we're trying to manifest something and our inner triangle is imbalanced, we can't, we'll experience a lot of challenges as it pertains to manifesting. So in your records, you ask, where's my inner triangle imbalanced? And then they'll tell you, oh, it's in your mind. And you need an affirmation to reprogram an old belief. And they'll give you an an affirmation. It's so incredible. So those are the first four certifications that I can teach and certify in. And all of those are honored by Linda Howe's Institute uh, Center for Akashic Studies, which simply means that if one day someone is being called to become a teacher, those will count towards the teacher's certification and someone doesn't have to take them again. There's no other teacher necessarily that offers this kind of curriculum and foundational work that Linda Howe has founded and created. Um, She's the only person that has a doctorate in Akashic Studies. And the curriculum that she's created is just, it's truly just life transformational, so many levels. So, just to add one more thing, and then I'll I'll finish. Linda is the only teacher that can teach and certify the manifesting work, which is the fifth practitioner certification.
1: Yeah. Who doesn't want to learn how to manifest? <laughs> or woman <woman-a-fest. Hey>.
2: a <laughs> I love it. We need to change that word. She, we are.
1: She we has. We actively are. She now did. it's yours. <laughs> you take it and run with it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so- just to paint the picture a little clear, when you're tapping into these sessions, when I got my session, it was funny. Actually, I'm going to tell my tell the story real quick. I, I had an Akashic Records reading, and I had set an appointment, and we were about to do the reading, and the person that was doing my reading, Clifton, he was saying the, the invocation prayer, and my daughter walked in the room, and she's like, ah, she's loud. She was three at the time, so she's this little kid, and She's like, totally didn't give me the space I needed for this reading to happen. And Clifton was like, it's okay. Like kids are drawn to the energy. And so we rescheduled for another day, but it was funny because I didn't have questions prepared that first time. I had nothing. And then by the time the appointment came around, I was like, okay, I, I know what I want to ask now. So I guess it was the universe's way of like putting it on pause so I can find that clarity for myself. And I asked questions, but it's like I asked questions, but the answer that I was looking for led to another answer and another answer. And it was like this this snowball of information to work with, right? And it was given to me in a way, it wasn't necessarily answers, it was more things to look into for myself. Is that usually how it goes?
2: Yeah, I would say if there... If there is things to look into, then that will be the answer.
1: Mm-hmm. And is it possible for someone to get too many readings? Like, can you have too much information?
2: No. when When someone comes to the records, it's because the soul is prompting them, mm-hmm. and and listen to that. So in the beginning, when I first learned how to read my records, any unanswered question I had since I was a child, I was going in my records. Like, what about this thing from when I was like 10 years old? What about this? You know, so I don't believe that there is a such thing as like going in too much.
1: Yeah. It's like, I want to know everything.
2: Oh, yeah. And then you'll get to a point where you know everything and you're like, okay, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. Then you start. (laughs) <laughs> exploring things like cosmically galactically you can really just go as as in it truly is an infinite resource as as uh, infinite as you want to
1: totally because i mean realistically can you know everything
2: i don't think that we do know everything
1: right because we're source
2: right but i don't think that just given the collective energy of humanity on this planet it doesn't feel appropriate i i feel like we're just not at the level of evolution to like be operating with that much knowing all the time mm-hmm. because what happens is um So when we go into the records, it's a quickened vibratory field that is non-physical. And so we go in to get those little pieces of insight and then we have to integrate it into this dense plane of reality. So if we were always operating at that quickened vibratory level, we actually wouldn't be embodied.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: However... Humanity is evolving to be able to withstand that frequency. So that'll, that will absolutely happen over time. You guys we will probably be having this interview in like, you know, 30, 43,
0: Mm
1: -hmm.
2: (laughs) 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 laughing about 2019 when we were sitting in my living room. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. I had something. I totally forgot what it was.
0: Come back to 2019. OJ. we need you here.
1: I'm in the future somewhere.
0: Oh. Do you find that you have been met like when you've when you've taken this work that you've now discovered for yourself into other environments, arenas, groups of people in your life? How has it been met and what have you done with how it's been met?
2: So I've been doing this for 5 years now, and when I first started doing it, it was very unknown. In fact, I didn't know anybody in Los Angeles that was doing this. Mm. In fact, my teacher came from Chicago. Uh, Christina Cross was my beginning teacher. Linda Howe is my teacher for everything else. Um, so we actually didn't have teachers in Los Angeles that I was aware of. So when I first became a practitioner, I was afraid of how people would perceive me for doing something different. And I didn't really know how to explain it or share it in a way that could meet somebody where they were. So I would always explain it um, very technically. And my sister, who I have two sisters, my younger sister who lives in Los Angeles would say, you just need to tell people that what you do is, um, it's like spiritual guidance meets life coach. And that was very helpful to kind of just ease it in. And then if someone was like, oh, tell me more about that. Then I would kind of go into like more technical. But I'm very aware of how someone is receiving it or not receiving it. And I don't go too far with explaining if someone isn't ready. Um, If they continue to ask questions, then I'll keep going. But if someone stops, then I know, okay, this is it. So I'm kind of respectful of, you know, how much somebody can take in. Mm -hmm. But the best, to be honest, because I'm a teacher, the best way for me to explain it is to be just very real and truthful about what it is. So I'm not going to I'm not going to say I'm a, you know, it's like it is spiritual guidance. Yes, it does like meet life coach, but that's not what it is. So I'm very clear about, you know, it comes from this source field and this is how this source field has been imprinted. This is why we access it for personal transformation, growth, development. And, um, and it's available to everyone.
1: If this source field is pretty much everything that's ever happened, how does free will play into that?
2: So that kind of goes back to the soul blueprint with the lessons and themes. So um, I know, I know. Tell us.
0: Well, I had that thought when we were. When you were describing it, yeah. I had the thought that you were saying that there's two way, there's two types of Akashic Records and that the second feeds off the first. Yes. It's like the evolution yes. is feeding off of the soul's journey. Yes. And it carries you like in whatever direction you're going, yeah. whatever lessons need to be parsed yes. out are going to manifest or will manifest in the way that you're currently evolving.
2: Exactly. Yes.
0: Something like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I couldn't have said it better and I want to add one little one little nugget. Um so we when we go into our records to get guidance, we start to make informed conscious choices with our free will. It's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I'm aware of this. I can choose differently." As opposed to unconsciously choosing and using our will. The records really elevate and make us aware of the highest potential of our soul in that moment at that time. And then we make our choices, you know, accordingly, but life is, yeah, life is fluid. Nothing is fixed here, but what's fixed are those lessons. So I always try to encourage my students, come back to the lessons. What am I learning? What Mm -hmm. are you learning? And how am I learning it?
1: Yeah. Cause one of the questions I had asked during my reading was, am I supposed to go here and, the end. Like I was, there's this place that I was contemplating going to. Uh-huh.
0: This Hawaii?
1: No, 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 no. Okay. It was uh, this spiritual activation place, and uh, one of my questions was, "Am I supposed to go here?" And I, the answer was something along the lines of, "I invite you to reframe that question because you're not supposed to go anywhere. Rather, you're gonna, you have free will to choose whether or not you want to go there." And so a lot of the answers that I got was like, where are you choosing to go? Mm. Where are you choosing to apply yourself? And where are you choosing to learn these lessons that you're supposed to learn?
2: Yeah, great question. I would have said is, why am I being called there? What will I experience if I go? What would I experience if I didn't go how would it support me? Yeah. So I become a little akashic investigator. <laughs> um, so when my when my clients ask questions like that, I actually reword it for them. Awesome. Like I just did right now. I like to look at every angle and see all possibilities. And then I basically provide all that information and then you get to choose.
1: Right. And if someone were to ask you a question, it's it's a it's sacred, it's a ritual like I couldn't just ask you a question and you could just tap in and give me an answer from the readings. Right.
2: If I was in your records. Yes.
1: Oh. But like randomly, like I, I saw you outside and I knew you did Akashic group records readings. And I oh, was like, I w- Hey,
2: yes, that's a great question. So we actually have guidelines as, as practitioners Um, only read the records when asked.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: never, never read someone without their permission. And, And then this is something that is not necessarily a guideline, but it's what we learn in the healing certification. And it's do not offer unsolicited advice. Yes. So we're, so.
1: I think that should be a guideline for life.
0: No. That's (laughs) a really good one. I'm really working
1: hard with that. Me too. My wife hates me. (laughs) No, she loves you.
0: (laughs) It's
2: so great because let me tell you my experience of not offering unsolicited advice. I then am not giving my energy, my mm. voice to someone. I really get to preserve it for myself and like just be a listener.
0: I think the piece that's interesting for me and please I'm soliciting your advice on this <laughs> is that one okay, if we're not giving advice unsolicited, then we're not necess- we're, we're we're we don't have to worry about our ego. A lot of times when we're giving unsolicited advice, it's our ego, right? Mm-hmm. But then I find myself playing with they don't know that they don't know. Mm-hmm. And is it my responsibility to share or open or offer? Right? If somebody's making a health choice that is detrimental for their health, mm-hmm. and I potentially have something that I can offer them, mm-hmm. where is the line between my duty? Mm-hmm. my responsibility as a human mm-hmm. as a human sister you know on this planet to mm-hmm. share and then shut the front door and just keep it to yourself that's what i play with
2: i love this question i hate it <laughs> <laughs> i love this question and i have um a few different answers um the first answer that's coming to me is What we explore in the Discover certification, the fourth certification, and it is maybe any unresolved issues we have with responsibility. And usually um, everyone's different, but what people come to find out is like what they're truly responsible for. And for me personally, what I discovered for myself is that I'm just responsible for myself, I'm not responsible for anyone. So it's not my responsibility. To like offer or put it out there, I can if it feels good for me, but I don't have to. Now, when it comes to like you're kind of working with someone where you feel or talking with someone where you feel like, oh, I might have um, something that can help them, there's a couple things. The first is that soul is experiencing whatever is detrimental to support them in their awareness and evolution so that detrimental you know engagement is actually serving a tremendous purpose mm-hmm. and the masters teachers and loved ones would never intervene in our lives to give us unsolicited information never they are hands off and they say the souls making their choices and they're doing that because they're going to evolve and grow so um so we have this one part of the answer but then the second part of the answer is I personally would say would you be open to some guidance or maybe insight that I have around what you're experiencing and depending on that person they could say yes and really not be open or they could say yes and truly be open so when I'm when I'm coming to someone for guidance you know like I I call my older sister a lot older sister and younger sister For guidance and I'll tell them, you know, whatever difficulty I'm experiencing and I'll say, do you have any guidance for me? So I'm always very clear about, I'm going to tell you my challenge and I'm also open to receive if you have some insight that can help me. Mm -hmm. But it really takes someone that has a strong sense of self-awareness to be able to ask that or to know that or to suggest it. Because if it's someone who's still maybe kind of young in their spiritual growth, they might not know to ask. And then maybe it's appropriate for us to say, hey, can I suggest something? Yeah, so I feel the first answer that I gave, that that's an Akashic perspective. The second answer I gave is that's like a, Helen is a teacher practitioner perspective.
1: Right. I think it's important for healers in general too, where it's like there's different facets of our work and it's like, how much do we offer the clients, right? And it's you can... Let them know that you do all these things, but if they're not open to it, then why waste your energy towards something that isn't going to be accepted? Yeah. Right? Like I do body work and like physical work and I also do energetic work. And it's like if someone's not open to the energetic work, I'm not going to yeah. necessarily put that into it.
2: Yeah. The other thing that's really helpful to know is, um, you know, the records are such a great resource for like the specific root truth. So a lot of the times, you know, if, if I'm offering maybe some some suggestions outside of the records, it actually might not even be the sole truth. So it's like I'm offering something that really isn't true for, you know, that could be a, a truthful um, support for that person. So we can take in all the suggestions and consider them. And then you can kind of bounce that off of the guidance that you get from the records mm-hmm. and and then and then see what feels best and act on it.
0: I have a question. Yes. Do you find yourself sometimes riding the line of like, when do I go to my sisters and ask for guidance? And when do I open up the records and ask for guidance? And I know that it's possible that you open up the records and ask for guidance and they say, go ask your sisters.
2: (laughs) No, (laughs) no, but no, you know what happens? (laughs) It's such a great question. Opening up the records, actually uh, it's work. Meaning I have to have some sort of um, balanced and uh, peaceful state of being to kind of go into it. You know, so then I I sit there and I have my questions and I ask. It's, it's a lot of energy, you know, like 10 times the normal amount of energy that we consume as just ordinary beings. So usually what happens for me is if I start to experience difficulty, um, and I'm not going in my records to ask about it right away, it starts to like snowball. And then I'm like, hey, Missy, my older sister, she's a nurse practitioner. You know, what do you think about this health thing? And then she'll have her suggestions. And then, and then I take those suggestions and then I go to my records and mm. I say, okay, here's what I'm dealing with. I need some guidance around this uh, issue. And then they support me. I was just going to add that my sister asks me, now she's been asking me questions. So ask, so for example, I was experiencing this um, little health thing and she goes, you know what you can ask your records is, um, why is your body not fighting off the infection and where's the inflammation coming from? Mm. So then I go to my records with those questions instead of, oh, it could, Helen, it could be coming from grains or... Whatever sugar, I don't know. Um, she'll now she kind of work, She kind of works with me in a Sakashic way.
0: That's very cool.
2: And then sometimes we're just ordinary humans, and it's like we want to just connect with our close friends and right. and say, "Oh my gosh, you know, just life is really difficult right now," and just connect.
0: Right, you being Helen. Yeah. Right.
1: Hmm.
0: OJ, can I talk about your back?
1: Yeah, please. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Like, go ahead. <laughs> I know. You know, we have this connection. <laughs> I love it.
0: We all do people. We all do mm. all of us. So it's funny because a couple of weeks ago I woke up and I had had what we dubbed dog toe and it was the morning of an interview much like this. And I was like, "OJ, Jay, my toes jacked up. Can you pick me up and whatever we were going to see a healer. I got worked on the toe got better without this person even touching my toe. In a very similar manner this morning, OJ reaches out to me about an hour before we're supposed to leave. And he's like, ah, something's up like with my low back. Like, I don't know if it's a disc thing and, and it's been hurting me. Janae worked on it a little bit. His wife is a massage therapist and he's like, but it's, it's rough. Can you drive? So we're, we both are work like, we're like, oh, this is what showed up today. And here we're going to see Helen." Well, I guess I'm wondering like is can we create an opening where we might be able to get an answer about OJ's back, the pain in his back or it's is that yeah, so, something you Well, the
2: first thing I'm going to share a little story cuz this may actually su- support you if you're open. I am open okay. to it. Please share. Um so uh, audience i'm just going to be very transparent and open about life as a woman so yesterday um i was experiencing some really bad cramps i got my period and and they they were really uncomfortable and and i was i was uh, shooting all day yesterday so i was like oh great this i can't deal with this right so before um before the departure time for me to leave I just decided to talk to my body. And what I did was I put my hands over my stomach and I was just saying to my body where the pain was, I'm here, it's gonna be okay, we're okay, I'm gonna help you, we're gonna find an answer. And as I was saying this, I was crying, there was emotion and I remember thinking, wow, I'm crying because I'm just talking to my body right now. But I kept going with it because it felt so good. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to, okay. I'm like, okay, you know, you're going to be okay. You know, it's really funny. My older sister, you know, she has three kids. And so I remember her with her um, her firstborn, you know, when he would get hurt, she would say, You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. You're going to be okay. It's okay. Everything's okay. So she would just soothe him until he was like, Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay now, mom. And so I was basically soothing myself that way. You're going to be okay. Whatever this is, you're going to be okay. So then I just like, I just released, you know, emotion until finally, as I continued to say that, there was no more emotion that came through. And then the cramps went away. And so all day we were shooting and my friend kept saying, Oh, how are you feeling? Are you okay? <laughs> I was like, no, I'm fine. There's, it's like it's not here anymore. It's, you know, so it, what ha- so what's happening with with the physical body is, um, well, there's a couple things that happen, and you guys know this because you guys are healers and your and your massage therapists, um, so in some way, shape, or form, um, the soul essence of us has been disconnected. From a certain part of us. And in that disconnection, we're experiencing separation. And, and separation is emotional. And then when it starts to penetrate us on a physical level, it becomes physical, it becomes some sort of a pain. and And the idea and what the records have taught me is that we need to come back into oneness and wholeness. And the way that you do that is you communicate with that part of you that's trying to get your attention. So I wouldn't even need to go into the records for that. I would need to um, basically address whatever that is with myself first. And then if and then if it didn't go away, then it probably would be something that I would go into my records for. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of like investigating that I do first before I really... Um, Well, because that's because actually, that's what the record resource is. They want to teach us and support us in being able to do these things for ourselves. And we absolutely can, um, but knowing that, of course, then there's this higher resource that has more to offer. So, everything that I've been able to support myself with and walk myself through is things that I've learned in the records. And, of course, with the guidance of my teacher, Linda Howe who taught us how to go deeper in those ways to discover these things. So, Jay, um, where's the pain in your back?
1: Right side SI joint. I also feel it in my thoracolumbar junction.
2: Okay. And so, uh, put your hand there.
0: (laughs) I have pain there too, (laughs) which is funny. (laughs)
2: And then just take a moment to tune into that, that sensation and connect to it. And you already know that that sensation has a voice. Um, but before you even ask, you know, maybe what it needs, um, just let that sensation know that you are aware that it's getting your attention. I'm here for you. I will help you we will find a way. And then you just continue to talk to that sensation and then just be open if there's an emotion that comes through, maybe a feeling or a memory. And the idea is that you want to just continue to let yourself know that you are there for yourself and that you're not abandoning and a lot of the time the biggest disharmony that we start to experience comes from something emotionally it 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 starts when we work in the records the akashic energy is immediately converted into human emotion so a lot of the time when we're experiencing difficulty or disharmony um there's something emotional, like an imbalance that is going on. You guys know, uh, that really needs our attention. It just needs to know that we're here for ourself, that we're not going to abandon.
1: Yeah, I play around with like inner child stuff. Like when someone has something they've been dealing with for a while and I'm working with their body, it's like, what is your inner child saying about what's going on with this particular s- space in your body? And Yeah, working through that.
0: I find that to be super effective. And I also, there's like, you need to set the space for that, right? You need to like set the environment for that, set the tone for that, set the intention for that. And that happened in our work with Dana, right? Where we were on a table in getting a body work session, Reiki craniosacral therapy. And then it was, right, our eyes are closed and it was... Going to the time when you remember first feeling that pain, right? And then it's fascinating because there's usually an earlier time as well. And sometimes it goes all the way back to the womb. And I can imagine it going
1: past that. But
0: um, with Akashic, how's your back?
1: Feels a little better. Feels a little better. Yeah, we're going to play around with it. We might go do cartwheels. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, <laughs> Janae! I promise to get him home safely and in one piece. <laughs> no cartwheels, OJ. Um, when you talk about the soul, is one soul in this body the same soul that has inhabited other bodies? Do souls is that is that a singular journey? Did, what is what is that like?
2: Um, I love this question.
0: She likes my questions. I like your question. <laughs>
2: Well, what has come to my awareness through my Akashic investigating is, so we are one. Truly, we are one. Mm-hmm. And us in this physical body is just, you know, an extension of this oneness. And the this, this soul in its totality um, is too vast to be embodied uh, into just like one human being. So, there's experiences where like you know, if we could quantify it, which we can't, um but let's just say we could, like one tenth of our soul is incarnated into our physical body, or one twentieth of our soul is incarnated into our physical body, and then it also starts to go into um parallel lives where if the soul really wants to expedite its evolution it will choose to experience par- parallel life experiences so you could have i so i could have a helen vanderheide walking around and then another piece of my soul is you know in another time and place at this like same time and basically that growth and those learnings are expediting the soul growth and then when we leave this body come back into oneness and whatever we choose mm. come back into the next life with then all those like learnings. So it's very complex, but we're so much bigger, of course, than we know we are.
0: Yeah. We're everything. We're, it's singular. Ultimately it's so many and it, 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 but it is all into one Yeah, and it's fractal. So at the beginning it's one and at the end it's one. It's a lot. <laughs> um Helen, I want to find out, we want to find out, is there anything else that you would like to share this morning? Um,
2: yes. Oh, I'm so grateful. Um, I think that the thing that I really want to share with the audience is uh, that everyone has absolutely has this ability to tap into their soul's records, their soul's archive, and that you can do it so many ways. You can do it through meditation, creativity, can do it through nature and um and then if this word akasha resonates with you even the slightest bit um it could mean that your soul is calling you to work in your records in a more deliberate and responsible conscious way so i just want everybody to know that this is not something that's for you know sages or you know the highest level of teachers um it's for everyone and it's available at all times.
0: Awesome. That's a beautiful message. <sighs> oh, Thank you, Helen. You're welcome. If people want to reach you, what's the best way other yes. than what's the name of it uh, Liberation Liberate Hollywood. Hollywood? Liberate yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. So my website is just be true to Just be true to But on Instagram or, you know, social media, I'm Helen Vonderheide.
1: Be that's so cute. <laughs> Cute.
0: Yes. She has a bee theme here, which I noticed right away. There was two before she even opened the door.
1: <laughs> yeah. And her nickname is Bee, right? Honey Bee. Honey and Bee. Uh-uh. Yes. <laughs> and you have a training coming up in August.
2: So I have three trainings coming up in August. Uh-huh. I'm going to be, yeah, I'm doing the beginning, advanced and healing.
0: Oh, yeah. What are the dates for those? Um, Or... People can, yeah, they can
2: actually find it on my website. Yeah. It's, it's always weekends. Got it. So like Saturdays, Sundays, or yeah, Fridays, Mm -hmm. Saturdays, and Sundays. So I'm, I'm offering the first three in August in September, we're offering the manifesting the fifth, which is very rare that, you know, the chances of that being in Los Angeles again are probably slim to none.
1: Linda's coming here.
2: Linda's coming here. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And is this chronological? Is it prerequisite? Do you have to do one no. through? No? no.
2: Somebody could go into the healing not having had any courses previously. The only requirement is to read the books that are associated to the class. So there's books that are associated to the classes.
1: Prior to the class?
2: Prior to the class is okay. to just read the book. Yeah.
0: Great. And is this only a physical training or can people that are located in other parts of the country or the world... Uh, so at yeah. this
2: time, it's just physical, okay. Um, but Linda is working on making them uh, avail- available online. She, I know that she offers the beginning and the advanced online. The manifesting is not online.
0: And yours, the ones that you were doing?
2: The, uh, the certifications are only taught in person, but I am working on making some classes available online, but they just won't be certifications.
1: Okay. Yeah. Great. Cool. Yeah. Awesome! Thank you so much. You're welcome. Very expensive. <laughs> he said, "Expensive, not expensive." Yeah, expensive. <laughs> My mind's kind of like.
0: <laughs> we love you, audience. Thank you so much, thank Helen. You. We love you. Yes, yes. Thank you, and, thank you, uh, thank you. Until next time.
2: Yes, thank you.
0: Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the way of healing. We hope that you find yourself inspired. If you enjoyed our show, a gift is to let others know. And we want to hear from you. Please share your feedback so we know how our work is resonating. Make us aware of modalities and practitioners whom we may not know. If you haven't already, please subscribe at the way of Our email is thewayofhealingpodcast of healing podcast at gmail.com and find us at facebook.com forward slash the way of healing. Remember, A rising tide lifts all boats.